This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert, and today we have a story with Zach O'Malley Greenberg from Forbes. Zach, thanks for being here. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. So I'm the media entertainment editor at Forbes and uh, author of uh, our latest cover story, which is on Mr. Kanye West. Yeah, that's kind of spectacular to have the the cover story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, it was um, it was kind of funny. It it came together, uh, I think, rather last minute, um, both for, for him and, and for us. And it, the occasion was the Forbes Celebrity 100 uh, issue and the list of the highest paid entertainers on the planet. So, you know, we knew that Kanye would be on the list. Um, and whenever we make these estimates, we sort of like bounce the range off of the different camps of the of the different athletes and musicians and actors that are that are on there and and so sometimes they don't say anything sometimes they try to get a little guidance up or down um you know it, it depends kind of on the on the person but uh basically first we heard back from Kanye's camp that he didn't want to be on the list um, but you know, <laughs> unfortunately this list is not a, a, the world's 100 highest paid entertainers other than Kanye West. So, you know, we explained that. And, um, so they said, well, you know, um, then, you know, let's, let's get it right. And, and would you be interested in, uh, uh, a cover potentially? So I, you know, I did my due diligence and they, they did theirs and, um, and, and we agreed to do it. And, this all kind of came together about uh, a week before the magazine was going to start going to press. <laughs> and um, my wife and I were, were uh, actually officiating a wedding of, of two of our closest friends that weekend. So we, you know, basically on the Thursday night before this wedding weekend, um, I went to bed assuming that I would be interviewing um Kanye, uh, at some point the following week. And, uh, as it turned out, um, I woke up the next morning and it looked like it had been called off. And, um, so long story short, I ended up getting a call from, from Kanye himself. Uh, and I think he, he was, you know, concerned that Forbes would send a music writer to write about him because, you know, he sees himself as kind of more of just a, a creator in general. And, um, you know, and, and I said to him, I was like, look, man, you know, 
uh, I know you don't want to be pigeonholed, but but I'm hurt that you would pigeonhole me as just a music writer, you know. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I, I think we're coming from a similar place here. And you know, I've written cover stories on Alex Rodriguez and Richard Branson and Ashton Kutcher. So you know, it's not just musicians that I've written about. And I think he really heard that, and um, and it, it kind of set off this great hour and a half long kind of meandering conversation that we had. Um, you know, kind of digging into what he was all about and what he wanted to show me. And there was some talk initially of um, going to Japan, uh, and uh, he really wanted me to come to the Sunday service, but I was officiating this wedding. And so we ended up planning on, on that Sunday night. So I, you know, a- after this sort of like whole wedding weekend, I hopped on the plane and went out and and the details didn't really arrive on location and, and, and all of that until I had landed. And, uh, and I was given an address and I hopped in the rental car and I got there at, um, to, you know, he and Kim live um, kind of on this long road uh, out on the outskirts of Los Angeles in a gated community. And, and I pulled up and the camp, we had a video crew and they were all getting ready to go in. And, um, and just as I, uh, you know, was, was kind of getting settled, um, all of a sudden the security guards came around and said, everybody get out of the driveway, out of the driveway. And, and, uh, there was kind of this commotion and, and, um, and then, you know, all of a sudden I hear this like otherworldly rumble from out in the distance. And, um, and a few minutes later up roar these two matching matte black Lamborghini SUVs. <laughs> And out of the first one hops Kanye West, and he says, "I introduce myself." He says, "He says hello. Have you been invited into my home yet?" Uh, you know, so I go in, and um, and he kind of disappears off to to go get ready for the photo shoot, and um, and immediately uh, a handler says to me, "Hey, um, I'm sorry, but can you can you either take off your shoes or, or put these little cloth booties over them?" you know, like, uh, like Mark Wahlberg at the end of the departed. And, um, and, uh, and I said, sure. And I, I happened to be wearing Jordans, Jordan ones, black and gray Jordan ones. And, um, I thought, you know, uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting, uh, you know, little bit of color. And I said, uh, so what's, you know, what's kind of like the reasoning and, and she said, well, um, the, the floors are, you know, everything in the house is, it's a shade of sort of like cream or white, um, including the floors. And the floors are made of this special Belgian plaster that can only be um, fixed. It, like if you scuff it, it can only be fixed by flying out this crew from Belgium to come in and tend to it. Um, which, you know, I think is just, it's like so very Kanye. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, so of course, yeah, I put the little booties on over my shoes. Um, we, we did the cover shoot and then we went in for the first component, which is a, which was a video interview. And of course, Kanye noticed my sneakers immediately. And he, uh, you know, one of the first things he said was, he's like, those Jordan ones you're wearing, those, that's the first shoe I ever sketched. And so we kind of, we, we did this little video interview to start and then we turned off the, the video cameras and then we just sat and, and chatted with it with the tape recorder on. Um, and he, he told about, he told me about sort of being inspired, um, by Jordan's, you know, early on and, 
and sketching them as a middle schooler and kind of getting in trouble for ske- being sketching, you know, sketching his shoes instead of, um, uh, you know, studying his lessons. And, you know, how it was kind of unfortunate that that was one of the things we talked about. Like, it's unfortunate that the education system encourages people to, or rather, sometimes discourages people from, you know, following that sort of creative pursuit. Um, you know, that it kind of wants to fit them into boxes. And I think, I think one of the things that Kanye hates more than anything is being placed in any kind of box. Whether it's, you know, he doesn't want to be called a musician. He doesn't want to have to vote a certain way or vote at all or you know and, and i think the more that people try to push him to do what they think he should be doing the more he kind of pushes back against that you know even if it means that he ends up doing something that isn't necessarily in his own best interest in, in my opinion um but anyway so um yeah i mean it was just um it was fascinating to kind of like be in his home and, and sort of like look at how things were arranged and put together and, and sort of how he commented on them. So, you know, everything from his bookshelves and what was on there, um, you know, there's a Murakami book, there's an Alexander McQueen book, um, you know, all, all kinds of design books and history books and, uh, and, and you could tell that he paid attention to every detail because he, before we even sat down for the video portion of the interview, he, he actually went up and he was sort of like fiddling with the books and making sure that they were arrayed, I think, in a, in sort of like a visually compelling sort of way. Um, and then, you know, uh, b- once we really dug into it, he, he would, he would kind of go on these tangents uh, you know, there, there was a lot of focus on religion. There was a lot of focus on sort of like creative inspiration. Um, and, but then he would just kind of like toss off these, these incredible one-liners and they didn't all make it into the story. Um, but I mean, I'll tell you a couple of them. I think there was one of my favorite ones. He said, you know, we were talking about dioramas in the Natural History Museum. I don't know how we got there, but we were there. <laughs> and um, and he said, "I'm blessed." And and he said, and he paused, and it was like you could tell that he was really trying to, you know, to pick his words carefully. And he said, "There's gold Wolverine Pharaoh blood in my bone marrow." And I was like, "I need." to take a minute to dissect that that is that is um that's pretty pretty uh fantastic and i had said b- before he he made a comment he was like he said um he said whenever i see people accomplish things that i might have thought of i think that wasn't hard enough for me so i asked him you know what's hard enough how do you know what is hard enough and he said if someone can describe it in one or two sentences and say, oh yeah, you just mix this with that, then it shouldn't be anything that you have my name on it. And I said, I said, so like Uber for cats? And he goes, <laughs> he goes that would not be a Kanye West idea. So, <laughs> so you know, th- then we get back into it. We, we, you know, he says the thing about the gold Wolverine pharaoh blood. And, um, and then I'm like, well, that was, 
that's definitely not Uber for cats, you know, <laughs> like, um, that's a, you know, that, that, that is not an easy, easy thing to explain. Uh, so, you know, and then, but then it was just on to the, the next thing. Um, he, you know, he has a lot of pretty strong opinions about anything having to do with, um, design. So he told me, um, uh, a thing he said is, I do not like stairs one bit. Stairs will be illegal in the future. Um, and I said, well, what about the stairs in your house? And he's like, oh, that's part of the existing house. Uh, it just, you know, I think it came that way. <laughs> so, um, you know, and he, he was also, on the second day, we went, we went out to the Yeezy headquarters in Calabasas, and he had this great sort of like arc of, um, and you can see in the, in the uh, story, this, pictures of it, but this series of concentric circles of, the every Yeezy shoe that he'd ever designed, every prototype, every you know variant of every release, and um, and and he just kind of tossed out offhandedly like that he he didn't like shoelaces and he was thinking about trying to make everything um, shoelace free going forward. So I mean I don't know if he's actually going to do that, but it's just th- these are the things that that are kind of bouncing around in his head, and and I think that he sort of he exists in this realm where, where everything is, um, an idea and, you know, he, he doesn't like to necessarily quantify things. So we're standing out there in this, in the circle full of shoes and, and I ask him, you know, how many, how many shoes do you think we're looking at? You know? And, and he says, um, he, he says basically, how can you quantify love? He's like, he's like, if your grandma baked you a cake and, you know, surprised you with it, would you, would you sort of quiz her on the ingredients of the cake and specifically the frosting? And I was like, yeah, well, I'm not writing a cover story about my grandma. And he he goes, and he goes, well, you can't calculate love. And he just, even when it comes to like counting shoes, um, to him, it's more about the the holistic thing. What does it make you feel when you look at it? Um, does it bring you joy? And and I think he he kind of orients his entire life around you know bouncing from creative idea to creative idea, um, you know, in in service of that. So uh, I think probably my favorite thing that happened on this entire interview was. Um, after we wrapped up, um, sort of the tape portion of the, the interview at, at his home, he said, Hey, um, can I show you something? And I said, I said, sure. Uh, and by this point it's, you know, midnight, I'm on Eastern time. So it's 3am for me. I'm, I'm zonked and I go outside with him and I'm assuming he has some kind of workshop or something in the back. And instead he ushers me into his Lamborghini and uh, cranks up the JS Bach, and off we go. Uh, we drive for about 15 minutes until we come to this bungalow in the in the kind of like the woody woodsy foothills of Cal- I don't even know where it was somewhere near Calabasas. And inside there are these four guys working on a, a pitch deck, some kind of proposal that they're going to be taking to investors in San Francisco. 
the next morning, which at this point is, you know, only a few hours away. And, and it's this concept, it's this like living, uh, there's a community concept of, of like, um, housing structures for low income people, but designed with an aesthetic that's a cross between his own home and his own kind of aesthetics. And, um, and sort of like Tatooine, Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, childhood home vibe. And, um, you know, and there's like, to underscore the point, there's this little BB-8 droid like bopping around uh, and, you know, having its head fall off. And then these guys are like, keep putting it back. But, but Kanye is in there with every detail. He's looking over their shoulders, change this font. Um, let's, let's make that brighter. Let's, you know, do this, do that. And, um, and so, you know, he, he contributed what he needed to contribute. And then he said, Hey, come, come follow me. I want to show you something else. And I said, okay, so, so, um, by this point it's like one in the morning. Uh, so, you know, 4am for me and, and I'm following him out into the night and it's this starless night. It's just cloudy. Can't see the moon. And we're, we're walking by the light of our cell phones and, you know, walking up this dirt path and we're walking, we're walking and, you know, and this is like wildcat mountain lion country and we hear something rustling in the bushes and I'm like, oh my God, are Kanye West and I going to get eaten by a mountain lion? Is that how it's going to go down? There's a way and to go out. That's quite a way to go. And no, no, nothing. So we keep walking and then we come to this clearing and he, he sort of looks up wordlessly and, and I look up and there in the distance are these three structures and they look sort of like a cross between um like a like a oblong elliptical shaped spaceship uh you know made out of uh perhaps wood um uh, kind of thing and maybe also a little bit like SpongeBob's house um in you know in the in, without the pineapple top but like that kind of shape you know and, um, and he's, and at this, so at this point I'm just taking notes cause I've, I've turned off the recorder and, you know, but it's very hard cause it's, it's, it's dark and I'm, I'm out of my mind. It's for, for me four in the morning. And so he's showing me around and he's, he's talking about these structures and we're walking in and out of these structures. And, you know, I mean, they're huge, they're like 20, 30 feet tall. And so they're basically the proto, the physical prototypes for this concept that he has of, you know, of, of. Uh, for bringing, you know, sort of type of design to the low income housing space. And, um, and so finally I'm like, Hey man, you know, could I turn back the recorder back on and get a quote from you about, about what all this means? And he, and he thinks about it and he goes, he's like, no, I, I'd like you to paint a picture with your words. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, if you don't mind standing here for a minute. So, we stand there and I, you know, for like another five minutes and I'm scribbling in my notebook and I'm doing like a little sketch of these things. And, um, I'm like, no, like this is, this is truly bizarre. Nobody's, nobody's ever going to believe me. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and, um, and finally he's like, are you good? And I'm like, yep, I'm good. And we walk back down the hill and he drives me back to my rental car and, and that's that. So, you know, um, that, that's, that's sort of like, I would say those are kind of the the key points of the of the experience, uh, you know, of the going there and, and and going into his world. But obviously, there's a lot more 
um, in terms of other people I ended up talking to and the, the you know the business story behind all of this and the narrative and um, you know I think that's where sort of a lot of the Forbes uh, angle comes in. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It sounds like it was uh, quite a experience, experience just to be like, okay, this is... I know I'm going to get into something because Kanye West is Kanye West and is known as Kanye West for a reason, but you can never, I guess, really, even with the expectations that it's going to be different, predict where it's going to go or what it's going to be. Did it line up with your expectations though, or was it still, did it outpace even what you thought it could be? Uh, I'd say the the only way that it aligned with my expectations is that it was totally unexpected, you know? Um, but it's, it's, it's my favorite kind of story to write. And I hesitate to say kind of story because, you know, there isn't really a kind of story like this, but it's, it's such a kind of gonzo experience and there's not really, um, any other way to, to, uh, tell the story other than to sort of like throw the reader right into it with you and, and just say, I mean, this is what, this is what's happening. So, um, you know, I, I think I expected to have my mind blown a little bit, and uh, <laughs> but uh, like as to how it would be blown, um, you know that that certainly uh, I I could not have anticipated, and uh, it was it was pretty pretty uh, pretty breathtaking. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure from your perspective as well. Like you've covered hip hop for so many years, uh, not just hip hop. Not to pigeonhole you, but, <laughs> uh, but covering hip hop, no, writing about Jay Z and Kanye being such a important part of Jay Z's story for that like middle decade, um, yeah. and then just seeing Kanye from an outside perspective for all these years to finally step into that vortex and get to experience it. That I imagine that probably had to be a bit of a, a bit of a career highlight or just something like, okay, I, I've gotten to this, this place where I can do this. Yeah. You know, um, it, it was, I think for, for Kanye, you know, he felt like the people who really understand Yeezy understand what a big deal it is, but sort of for the broader business community, he'd never really told the story and you know, a lot of these people aren't in touch with the culture and they don't know the kind of impact that Yeezy has had on it. Um, and so, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to make sure that he, he got it out there. And I, it was so fascinating to me because I've been doing this hip hop cash Kings list, um, since, since its inception a dozen years ago and I don't remember Kanye or anybody in Kanye's camp ever really commenting for it, let alone, you know, um, kind of making him available for this sort of an interview. So 
I think mainly it, it speaks to, you know, um, his seriousness about Yeezy and, you know, thinking that it was time to tell the story in, in you know, a, a mainstream business publication. Um, and I think it also helped. I mean, we've put his wife on the cover and I think she she understood, you know, kind of how we do things and how seriously we take the business. Um, you know, I think a lot of publications look at entertainers and they're like, oh, well, it's, you know, you know, glitzy, whatever. Um, and these people don't know what they're doing, but, um, you know, that's, that's obviously not the case. And I think that, I think that it helped that, you know, we certainly took her business seriously and, and, um, and, and we take his business seriously as well. And that doesn't mean that there weren't, you know, disagreements along the way. And, you know, there's always this tension between, you know, when you put a number, uh, in this case, earnings, or in other cases, net worth, you know, um, you know, some people have sort of, some people think they should be higher, think they should be lower. And, and it's, you know, it's a process and you, and you go back and forth as much as you can and you try to get to the right number. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we felt, we felt really comfortable putting him on there at, at 150 million in, in annual earnings, um, which puts him at number three in terms of all, uh, entertainers over the past 12 months. That's actually more than Jay-Z um, in that period of time. So, uh, you know, it just goes to show, um, the momentum of, of Yeezy and, you know, the, and the, the, the really amazing deal that he struck, which, you know, as, as reported in the story, um, it's 15% and, uh, on wholesale. So, you know, that's compared the, the common understanding of Jordan is that, that he gets a 5%, um, piece. So, you know, I think part of it with Kanye was that he um, he had always maintained ownership of the Yeezy brand, uh, which enabled him to go from Nike to Adidas, and then enabled him, um, you know, and and his managers to uh, sort of negotiate a new deal uh, with Adidas that you know that that got him into that um, into that really rarefied territory, and I think also. You know, and he didn't really say this, but I can't imagine that he wasn't sort of emboldened um, and empowered by seeing what the people around him were doing, like him and Kylie. And it's a similar model when you think about it. It's like you have the product, and you know, you you put your what your creative energy into it, and whether it's sneakers or cosmetics. Um, you then find a distributor, uh, you maintain ownership of the brand, you, you negotiate, you know, how much you're going to keep, um, of the proceeds that come in. But at the end of the day, when you're talking Kanye West or Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner, you know, they have access to such an incredible, uh, uh, marketing channel through their, through that family social media reach. I mean, it's like, having your own TV station. It's probably better than that, you know? Um, probably, I mean, like having your whole, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even know. There, there's not really a comparable sort of like, um, cartel of, um, consumption, you know, uh, out there. So the, the amount that is saved on marketing cost and so forth, when you can have 
the entire Kardashian clan, you know, running around um, in your in your gear, in your shoes, in your in your clothing, it's it's um, it's you know wildly uh, wildly helpful from a business perspective, and you know as a platform for getting eyeballs on these these things that you create. You talking about kind of the the development of Yeezy? It makes me think about adidas in a way too and how they took kind of a, a big swing with kanye on this i guess there was it i mean maybe i'm speaking outside of my knowledge base but it seems like there wasn't necessarily a lot of risk with giving him that initial deal and a lot of reward but still it was something that we hadn't really seen done to the degree that they helped distribute Yeezys and put Kanye out there and give him this opportunity. And it seems like that's paid off for them hugely. <laughs> for sure. And, you know, I, I think that for them, you're right. It wasn't a big risk initially. Uh, and even though his Nike deal, you know, I mean, when he was making Nikes, it was, it was a, like in the culture, a big thing. Um, you know, on on the scale, I mean, they they never really released uh, sales numbers or you know total revenues for Yeezy at, at Nike. But you know, I mean, this was this was like limited drops. It was all very you know high end stuff, and it was not really like a mass market thing. And you know, uh, I don't think it would have been hard to really expect it to become something that could challenge Jordan. And I think that probably was part of the reason why Adidas felt comfortable um, giving such a high royalty in the end was that, you know, it's like, hey, what, like, what, you know, I mean, hey, something great could happen here, but um, it's not like, I can't imagine they were sort of expecting this. Like, you can't, ex it's like, I couldn't expect <laughs> to end up at three, you know, one in the morning looking at these three wooden spaceships on a hill in Calabasas with Kanye West. So um, I think they they very much saw him as this creative powerhouse and they wanted to hitch their wagon to him. Um, and in a funny way, it reminds me of um, the, the Diddy deal with Ciroc. And when he came on with Ciroc, it was just, it was sort of like a ho-hum vodka, but they gave him this great deal because they knew... Um, you know, that, that there was this chance that he could do something sort of unexpected and take it to places that it would not go otherwise. And I mean, it's a little different because Yeezy didn't exist at Adidas before Kanye got there, obviously, but, uh, and Ciroc existed at Diageo before Diddy got there. But it's this idea of like, let's take a chance on, you know, here, like we recognize, um, somebody has something, uh, that, that could, that can create an unexpected kind of, um, bit of amazingness. And uh, and I think that that's definitely what happened um, at, at Adidas. Nice. I, you know, you talking about the experience with Kanye and how unexpected it was, the places it took you. It made me think about the David Letterman interview and yeah. this idea of Kanye in 2018 and all the headlines, uh, the communication through tweets mostly or just snippets, and how different it is from those like 30 second one minute clips tweets headlines compared to seeing kanye sit down with letterman and kind of talk for an hour and just get to be a person that's sitting there and existing 
was there a was there a difference between what you see from the outside versus being there on the inside and just getting to experience him as a person does it kind of reframe some of 2018 or just what you had thought of Kanye uh previously yeah you know I mean uh, uh look I've been I've been following Kanye since he came onto the scene I mean since you know before he was a solo act um all through the entire journey and uh, I was I was one of the people who was really disappointed when I saw him put on the the red hat and you know and I told him that and I told him that that I was hurt by it and that you know I thought a lot of other people were and by some of the things that he said and his point he you know and he was he was gracious about it and he said you know basically that he he understood um, and I mean I think the gist of it was that that he would sort of agree to disagree but. My takeaway from all of that was, was you know, for for him as somebody who lives in this plane of ideas, again, I mean, he just hates uh, to be pigeonholed or be told that he has to do this or he has to do that or because, you know, this is his background, he should vote for this person or that this person is 100% good or this person is 100% evil. And, you know, he'll have these sort of like, these like deep philosophical conversations um, about it that, you know, will, will last for, for hours. I mean, you know, um, and, but it it could be about anything. I mean, uh, sneakers or Donald Trump or what have you. And, you know, and, and he's not so interested in the, in the nuts and bolts of this, uh, of whatever it is. And he just wants the, the, the concepts, like the concept that you can find some good in anybody. Right. I mean, that's sort of like a controversial, topic and and maybe one that you know you have with your friends in college over like a couple beers like late at night in the dorm room you know and it goes on and you and you kind of get into it and you can but you can kind of imagine like a snippet of that conversation um you know if if that entire conversation were filmed and you take a snippet out of it it, it's sounding you know perhaps worse than than it ought to um and you know i mean i'm not saying that um that kanye doesn't uh sort of like continue to um to espouse beliefs that i disagree with but i think for him you know a lot of it is it's more about um uh like resisting categorization and and like and pushing back on sort of absolutes and and like um uh, you know trying to pick things apart um, than it is about any particular political ideology. Um, and, you know, I, I think it, that's basically a long way of saying that Kanye is certainly a complicated person, but he is more easily understood the more time you spend with him than in any given soundbite. And, 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 you know, and one of the things that he he said, and I think I think this is a really important point. Is he's like, you know, the like people, you know, people obviously throw the word crazy around a lot in regard to Kanye and in regard to other people um, who've been diagnosed with any number of different things. And and you know, he sees crazy as a as a bad word. I mean, he sees it as a and and I think I think rightly so in, in the way that you know um, 
a, a lot of words that were in favor 50 years ago uh, are we now kind of look back and we're like, ooh, you know. So um, he's, he said, he had a great quote in there where he said, he said, crazy is a word that's going to be looked back on very differently in the future. He said that C word has been applied to a lot of people who have been on this cover uh, before. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing the, the quotes in the article. But, you know, his point was basically like, with any brilliant creative person, probably somebody called them crazy at some point and you know, whatever is going on with them, that's sort of like an oversimplification and slash, you know, like a lazy or offensive way of putting it. And, you know, he said, look, I, I'm, he was very open about his diagnosis of being bipolar. And he said, I'm, you know, part of the reason I want to do this is, is to, to show people who have had a diagnosis that, you know, you, you can do anything. So, you know, and say what you want about Kanye. And I certainly, he's, complicated person engenders complicated reactions from people. And, um, I certainly have a lot of, a lot of different feelings about him, but you know, uh, I, I feel, I feel like that's, that might be the most important takeaway, you know, from this entire story, this entire experience is like, you know, people can overcome things. Uh, people, th there's th that possibility for people to be able to overcome things and, and get to this place, which is not to say that, that, you know, mental health issues, are, are all equally overcomable, right? It's a really thorny issue. And I think it's also worth noting that, you know, there's the other side is like saying, well, you know, Kanye did, did this and he has this, you know, shoe line that's doing a billion dollars in, in revenue. So why, you know, you person who's struggling with issue X, like, why can't you, right? I mean, it, it's, it, it is a little tricky to, to, to um, if it's used that way. Um, but, but I do think the narrative of, of, of sort of like holding himself up as a, as an example, um, of, of, you know, what's possible, um, it's, you know, it's hard to, to sort of dispute the value of that. Yeah. There's a lot to, I think, get into with that topic, uh, just ranging from how it could be applied in a way that's, uh, diminishing, but also how it can be used as a means of, like, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to run away and hide because I've had a diagnosis or right, I don't right. have to, uh, like shy away from this. I can be upfront and still like have a place in society and people shouldn't be able to just dismiss me because of it. And that's very good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, and it really is when you, when you think about where he was, three years ago and, you know, saying that he was $53 million in debt and tweeting at Mark Zuckerberg and, you know, and that whole thing to, to be able to go from that. Um, and, and, you know, just from a, from a business perspective to be able to pull himself out of that kind of situation, and create this, you know, this company, this brand that is challenging Michael Jordan. I mean, geez, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, and it's still got a ways to go, but, you know, to be even in the same order of magnitude, um, as a brand like that, that, you know, is, uh, 34 years old, that's, that's, um, you know, <laughs> like that's crazy, right? I mean, that, <laughs> that you know, that it, like, I think, and that's a, maybe a, a better way to use that word. I mean, yeah. uh, um, you know, uh, uh, it, it's, it's impressive and, and it's ultimately the reason 
why we, you know, where we were so interested in this, in this story. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You bringing up the the fifty three million in debt made me think about. There was one time that Kim, I think in twenty sixteen, just uh, took a picture of like a check or talked about writing a check to Kanye for fifty three million. She's like, "That's taken care of." Just like what a what a flex, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. Uh, you know, and she was around too, and she she you know she was just kind of popping in and out, and you know offering me in the camera crew water and stuff. So uh, there, it was it was it was kind of cool to see their dynamic at play. And there was this moment where she, um, or what was it? Kanye was talking about. Uh, so that they're very busy and and sort of like the way that they often interact is um, at night and they'll be sitting in bed and she'll be watching true crime shows and he'll be showing them or he'll be showing her his uh, you know designs for something and and they kind of like toss ideas back and forth. Uh, so I thought that was I thought that was very cool. I like a there are all these stories that they're like late night TV watchings that just come up. <laughs> Uh, yeah. fa- family Feud, Stranger Things. Now, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, oh, how did uh, I'm sure going out to do the the story about Kanye and Yeezy was there kind of this uh this concern about what shoes do I wear to this meeting, or were you just like I'm going tried and true? I got these Jordans, they're a classic. Off we go. Um. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it would be an interesting conversation piece, and also it I like the this is the shoe that I probably wear most often in my life. The, the you know straight up classic you know black and gray uh, Jordan ones, and I so it wasn't like I had gone out of my way to to troll or something like that. You know, I um, <laughs> it, it was it was sort of like my natural uh state and i yeah i thought it would be an interesting conversation piece for sure and and it um and it proved to be and 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 kanye was sort of like well you know god has a way of uh uh, of laying things out for you um that way so i I thought that was that was kind of a a fun detail yeah that was a that was a detail i'd never heard before which i read it i was just like that's awesome (laughs) i uh I don't know what I would, because at this point, all my casual shoes that I wear are Yeezys, uh-huh. and I don't think I could wear Yeezys to interview Kanye. I feel like it would come off as maybe a bit too... Sycophantic or something. Yeah, yeah. I I guess I'd like, do I throw on LeBrons? Like, I, I just, as, <laughs> soon as, I, as soon as I heard this interview was happening, I was just like, what shoes would I wear? So I was very <laughs> curious... Uh, what you would wear and it was cool that it brought up that concept um, yeah yeah it's like you know i don't know i wouldn't go interview um dave grohl in my foo fighters t-shirt you know it would just feel too kind of fanboyish um but maybe i i would wear like a like um i mean i might i might go kind of like 
low-key, you know, like draw on some other musical influence or, you know, or like, I'm, I don't know. I mean, um, like maybe, it, or maybe I would just go with the plain shirt, but it would be kind of like, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, if I were interviewing Kanye and I wore like a Daft Punk t-shirt or something like that might be like a little more, you know, like I would do that sooner than wear a Kanye West t-shirt. Right. It's tangential enough while still being something that's conversational or at least like alignment. Yeah. 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 Although I did wear, I wore a, uh, a, um, how would you phrase it? Gosh, it's, it's a, uh, a karaoke bar t-shirt, but it looks like, like sort of a, like an early eighties punk rock t-shirt. And it's, it's very with the sort of jagged letters and, um, and it's all like it's a black shirt with a lot of like red and pink and yellow and blue, um, and it's sort of gory. It's like um, it, it's a little abstract, but it's like basically people's arms being chopped off. And, <laughs> and, um, and but it says Sing Sing Avenue A in that kind of jagged font, so you can't really tell um, what's going on. But uh, it's 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 my favorite uh, karaoke joint in New York, and I. I uh, I didn't. I didn't expect that Kanye had done karaoke there, but I, I just. I don't know. Somehow it felt like, like fitting. <laughs> it seems like something that he would be into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want to go over the top with that either, and try to wear like. Right. I don't actually own any Versace, but if I did, you know, uh, <laughs> um, that would seem to be like you don't want to. You're not probably not going to impress Kanye. You're not going to like out Kanye. <laughs> Kanye. Um, so you just gotta, my opinion is like, you just gotta do your, your natural you thing. And, you know, and I I said, I was like, you know, Hey man, like, honestly, my, you know, my personal style is, is like Kanye 1.0, like gap jeans (laughs) and, you know, cause he worked there and, uh, and, and Jordan ones kind of thing. So, uh, but I think he respected that, you know? Yeah. I think he's, I think he's into just style as a whole. You talking about, uh, I I think Kanye's just into anybody's style and like people being their personal, authentic selves in that way and just interested in what other people's styles are. Like you're talking about all the books on the bookshelf and it made me think about, I interviewed Joe Perez who worked at Donda for a while and actually helped run Kanye's blogs back in the day and was kind of the one doing a lot of research and he said that he would spend hours on the phone with kanye and they would just be going through like random history books or random art collection books (laughs) and that it would be like joe would go get a bunch of books from the rhode island library that he's by i think he was right (laughs) by the rhode island school of design and just like send the books to kanye and like mark things and kanye would look through them and pick out things and send it back and that for like years they just had this process where they'd pour through books and find interesting things. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he definitely has an extensive library. Uh, and, and, and I, I wonder if some of those books are still in there. I bet they are. <laughs> um, and with all the Yeezy samples that were out and about, I saw some of the, I forget what the ones are called. Like they kind of have like the, the mountain peaks on the side. Um, the, oh, the, the basketball shoes. Are those the basketball shoes? They, I mean, they look, they're very kind of, like, the shapes are very triangular. 
they have it's like not, a, I mean, I, it's not out yet so i think it's not out yet yeah they have like a three-prong u-shape like tooth looking thing on the side of them but th- those huh. the basketball shoes there were all these ones that are out there did you see any pair that you're just like no that's a shoe <laughs> like i need to wear that's like very fascinating i guess just what was the experience seeing so many of the Yeezys? Um, it, it was pretty overwhelming. I mean, it, it really, uh, I, I felt bad because we were, if you look, there's a video on the site and we go, he kind of just takes me through them and um, it, it, it uh, he's like, come on, like, come, let's go stand in the middle of them. And I mean, you know, these are a lot of these shoes. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see, I guess well, there weren't any red Octobers there because those are Nikes, but, uh, but you know, I mean, there were, there were some early Yeezys there that, that I know are on stock actually going for thousands of dollars. I mean, there were prototypes there that I'm sure people would pay tens of thousands of dollars to get their hands on. He's like, no, come on, step on them. What I'm like, kind of gingerly, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just kind of like stomping through and I'm like, all right. Um, but, um, you know, oh, man, I don't know. I, I think the ones that really struck me were the basketball shoes. And if you look at, um, the story on Forbes, um, like off kind of to the, 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 the picture toward the bottom of the story, like way off to the left, you can see there's a bunch of the basketball shoes. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, those aren't available yet, but you can see there, I mean, I, I think, I think that's what we're looking at. Um, but, but several different kind of iterations there. Um, and, you know, I, I'm kind of, they look pretty similar to the naked eye and, and the, the shot is from fairly high up, so it's hard to pick out, um, you know, the individual details. But I guess as it was happening, I was wondering kind of like what, um, you know, what the process was to go from one to the other. And I think there was some issue with kind of meeting the um, the league standards and, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. So I, I guess I was just curious about that, like what, you know, how much of that was him tweaking and how much was sort of like, response from players or for the league or what have you um i think i see the one that you're talking about with the with the kind of like yeah i I, it's really hard to describe it's like (laughs) melting marshmallows on the bottom melting upwards or something um yeah that was um a pretty wild one too uh you know i mean there there were also a lot of um you know I, I, I calling them Crocs would kind of be a disservice to them. Uh, but like that, that, that genre of shoe, um, where it's sort of like it, it they looked almost 3d printed. Um, I don't even know what you call that genre of shoe, but you know, sort of like a, maybe like a warm weather, not really a sandal, but, but sort of like a, like a more all encompassing type of shoe. Um, I mean, they just looked like things that, you know, I hadn't seen that on the market. They were just pretty um, fascinating from that perspective. Uh, I mean, they all, you know, and I think just the the colors, like you think a lot of times with Kanye, he's very much into earth tones and, um, and sort of like neutrals. Um, but, you know, when you look at this picture and also when you're standing there, it's just the there's this sort of like parakeet color palette that comes alive um, like around all around you. And, and there, there are a lot of very, uh, you know, very bright um, eye catching shoes as well. 
It looked awesome. That's one of the things that I've wanted to see with Yeezys more is just like a broader color selection. Like yeah. I'm over at the pairs that I own and it's a lot of white and gray. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to have like some broader colors. And then just seeing that photo and seeing like all the concepts and all the colors that they've like made, I'm just like, oh my God, I want to dive into these and <laughs> run away with like 80 pairs of all of these. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, um, and then with the, with the kind of bungalows and the, the housing concept, was that something that struck you as like, I'm, I'm really looking at something that I might be writing about again in a number of years or what was kind of the, the takeaway from seeing that part of, uh, what Connie's working on? Um, you know, it's, it's hard to say because it's not like you can, can kind of consider, uh, you know, low income housing and, and be like, well, I want to be the Michael Jordan of low income housing. Right. Um, and, but maybe, maybe we should have, have people who are considering that. I think that's great. Uh, I think though it, you know, it's just by nature, a less, um, sort of like sexy high profile thing, uh, to do. So, um, but then again, if, if it's Kanye West doing it, then, you know, perhaps, Perhaps that'll, uh, hey, I mean, maybe he, he ends up doing a really great job of that and it inspires the next person to be like, well, I want to be the next Kanye West of designing low-income housing, you know? Yeah. Instead of, uh, instead of saying, like, the next Jordan, maybe we'll be saying the next Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we will have to see. <laughs> well, then, uh, anything, anything else from the, the journey into Calabasas? Oh man, I think um, I think that that pretty much covers it. Uh, I mean, you know, to the extent that I guess we could keep going on for like many more hours, but um, <laughs> I think that's the you know those are the key those are the key bits for sure. Well, I'm I'm very appreciative of you taking the time to come on and and share kind of the first person uh behind the scenes journey uh of the story because the story itself was was very fascinating but it was just like there has to <laughs> there's so much more to the experience that i'm glad we got to have you on glad you were willing to uh detail this and share it with all the all the fans that are interested in hearing just kind of the the background and more insight into yeezy kanye and just what's going on hey man I, I really appreciate you uh having me on and you know yeah i think with the magazine right i mean um th there are a lot of I, I did get a fair amount of pages for the story but you know it, it seems like hard to to do justice you know even in in that many pages so it's it's always fun to dig a little deeper yeah and with the the magazine issues available for like hard copy on august 31st um, it should be on newsstands, um, starting, I mean, really by the time this comes out, it should be out already. So it, it oh. but it's, uh, yeah, it, it kind of trickles out sometimes on the newsstands and then, but it, it, it should be on, um, newsstands for, for the entire month of July at least. Oh, perfect. Okay. I need to go get a copy then because <laughs> it's, uh, not often you get to see Kanye on, uh covers these days he doesn't do a lot of these interviews so that's that's gonna be awesome yeah yeah, yeah. all right well thank you so much zach and 
hopefully we'll get to have you on again to talk more Kanye stuff soon. I'd love to. Thanks again, Chris. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.